Welcome to Harrison Church, and thanks for joining us this week. We hope that your 2019 is off to a great start. Today, Pastor Elizabeth talks about identity and love, and what it means in our faith, our church, and our community. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Gracious God, it's time to talk about love, your love. And how it claims us, how it defines us, how it guides us when we're paying attention. How it is the beginning and the end of our lives. And Lord, how it seeks to enable and empower us to live every day in between. For it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So years ago, gosh it seems like a really long time ago, my husband and I graduated from seminary. And we had about a month between seminary and ordination. And so we got together with another couple, and we decided that we would go out west and camp in national parks. And it was just this wonderful, wonderful month. We borrowed my mother's minivan, if you can believe it, piled in the minivan, put all our stuff in there, and headed west. And so we got to about Colorado, and there was a snowstorm in May, and so we couldn't go into the Rocky Mountain National Park. The roads were closed. So we ended up spending most of our time in southern Utah. And they're just, I mean, of all the things our country does or has done, I think national parks are one of the greatest, certainly one of the most enduring. But anyway, so we um, spent some time in some of the parks in southern Utah, and one of my favorite places was Zion National Park. And it's just this grand and glorious space on God's earth that that just, I mean, if you want to know the majesty of God, you look at Zion. In more ways than one. Aptly named. But anyway, as we were there, one of the hikes that we wanted to do is a hike called the Narrows. And it's in what is known as a slot canyon. So this is a canyon different from like the Grand Canyon. It's a canyon where the sides are as deep or or much deeper, much higher than the canyon is wide. So as the water pours through it over millions and billions of years, it forms a canyon that in some places can be just two feet apart. And so we hiked in it, and and you can see some folks there. But anyway, some of the places you're about ankle deep in water, some you're knee deep. There were a couple places where we had to swim to get through to the other side. But anyway, so there we were, four seminarians, four people about to face ordination or go through ordination, and we did... Something that weird seminarian pastor types do. We swam through the water and then got back to the other side and they started talking about baptism. These folks started, the three of them, started remembering their baptisms. Now they all grew up Baptist. I was the lone, lifelong United Methodist. I had no memory of my baptism. None. And I will admit that I had a little baptismal envy going on as they talked about their experience. And one of them had been baptized in the Tow River up in Yancey County. That, that's pretty dramatic. Cold water. But anyway, they, they just talked about it and, and, and celebrated it. And, and I would interject, well, you know what baptism means in the United Methodist Church? Like, you know, they cared. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. It is, was what it was, is what it is. And I have to say that even in my envy... The other three are now either United Methodist or Lutheran, so we got something going on. (laughs) But anyway, baptism. And I have no envy around this. Baptism in the United Methodist Church is huge. 
whether you're baptized as an infant or you're baptized as an adult, it is huge because what we do in baptism is that we acknowledge the Holy Spirit has claimed all of life. All of life. Doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Doesn't matter where you come from. None of it matters. Even a baby who has no knowledge of God in and of their selves, in and of their own mind, but who God is pleased with simply because they've been born. Even a baby. We will acknowledge that God is doing something in their lives. God is at the beginning and God will be at the end. And hopefully every day in between. We're trying to live into that identity, trying to be faithful to the love of God as God has claimed us. So in a nutshell, that's really what United Methodists recognize, and others, certainly others. There are many traditions that will baptize infants and as well as adults. But, but, but that's where it all begins. And I don't think that any conversation in the church can happen without us understanding that fundamental point. If we want to get involved in any conversation, we've got to start with baptism. We've got to start with how it is that God has claimed our lives, how it is that God invests in our lives, how it is that the watermarks are present, hopefully every day of our life. You know, when you go through a slot canyon, they're so narrow in places that you can see where the water has flown for millennia. You can almost see the ripples in, in the rock. I mean, it's just beautiful. And you can see how the water has etched out this space and made it what it is. And I think that's baptism. It is the water mark of God claiming us in the beginning and etching us out, shaping us, hopefully again, through every day of our lives and welcoming into God's presence at the end of it. So I think it's important, again, that we understand what's going on and how it, well, the implications it has for our lives, how it causes us to live. And so when I was having my baptism envy there 25 years ago, it had nothing to do with the theology around baptism. It had to do a little bit with the drama. But maybe some traditions are more dramatic. But it had nothing to do with the theology because I absolutely love what we say and what we do as we baptize anybody in the name of Christ. And so I think it's important for us, again, to consider these words of Jesus and to understand a little bit about what God is doing um, in these moments. Because this, the baptism of Christ, is a pivotal moment in his life. After Jesus is baptized, everything changes. Now, Jesus obviously did not go into the water a sinner and come out saved. That that, that wasn't what was going on. He, he didn't need salvation, right? He didn't need cleansing from his sins. He had that. He didn't have sins. But what he was doing in those moments, and again, this is in all four Gospels, so you know you've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention. It's in all four Gospels. And what he is doing in his own baptism is aligning himself with life. Standing with the rest of us, sinners that we are, standing with us on the shores of the Jordan River. Could have broken in line, I'm sure. John would have given him cuts. This is his cousin. He knew he was a Messiah. I mean, Jesus could have broken in line, right? But he didn't. He stood on the shore with everybody else. 
aligning himself with all of humanity. He entered into the water. He didn't need it, any of the symbolism around it, really. No matter how you believe or what you believe about baptism, Jesus entered into those waters just like everybody else. He could have stayed set apart. He could have claimed his godness and sat above throne looking, on the throne looking down. But Christ chose not to do that. He chose to align himself with life, new life, life etched and shaped by the grace of God, life where the watermarks of the Spirit of Christ become just as apparent as the watermarks on the wall of a slot canyon. Jesus went down into those waters, and when he came up, everything was different. Because when Jesus came out of the water, God went public. God went public as Christ came up out of the waters. Everybody then there who was there knew what was going on. We have again this account in three of the Gospels. The Holy Spirit comes down out of heaven in the shape of a dove and proclaims that this is God's Son, God's beloved, and in him I am well pleased. And everything changed. You can believe it or not. You can honor that or not. You can make your choice for or against, obviously. You could see him as somebody whose life you wanted to emulate. You could see him as somebody who's, who, who would save your life. All of that, all of that. But now God is public, and God has claimed that human life on earth matters. And then begins his public ministry for about the next three years. He is living and breathing and healing and, and preaching and and. And welcoming all people into his presence. And I just think, if we understand anything about our faith, we have to understand these things. God sides with us. God values our life at the beginning, at the end, and absolutely in the middle. What we do matters. And any conversation we have as individuals, as a church, it matters. Because God has claimed our life, valued our life, said that we are God's beloved. I love that. We are God's beloved. And in us, believe it or not, God is very pleased. Not all the time. Not everywhere. But I don't doubt for a second that the fact that we are alive pleases God. Just the fact that we are living and breathing and walking this earth and hopefully responding to relationship with him, just the fact that we are alive makes God happy. And I think that is monumental to who we are as believers in Christ. Beginning and end and everywhere in between, the Spirit comes down hopefully every day and in one shape or another, in one form or another, in one way or another, God claims our lives again and again and again and says, you are mine and I love you and you make me happy. Over and over and over again. And so it is into this context that we try to live our lives. 
It is within this context that we set the stage for any and all conversations, valuing human life as God values it, engaging life as it comes to us just as Christ did, and praying that the Holy Spirit gives us the will and the ability and the wisdom to be faithful every day in between our first breath and our last. That's what this is about. That's baptism in our understanding. And so what I want to do for a few minutes is have this conversation about the implications of baptism in everything that we do. One of the things that we are told, at least in our denomination, is that baptism is the initiation into the family. The public recognition, if you will. It doesn't do the saving. It's a symbol, but it's God acknowledging publicly, again, that all life matters, that everyone's welcomed. Baby, adult, doesn't matter. So, so we're going to have this family conversation. And just like any family, we have different opinions. We end up in different places. But I would say, as your pastor, we have to begin in the same place. We have to begin with baptism. We have to begin that God has claimed every one of us and God values every one of us. So the family conversation, if you are United Methodist, well, if you're visiting, this may be a surprise to you. This is a United Methodist church. If you've been a member for a while, this might be a surprise to you. This is a United Methodist church. We are uh, United Methodists. And our family right now is at a pivotal moment. We're looking at a really important decision at the end of February. So if you're visiting, just bear with me, but uh, I think this is really important for, for the discussion. We're sitting around the, the dinner table. The end of February, we'll have what is called a general conference, and this is the decision-making body of our denomination. It's an international body. It's a representative body. Delegates from all over the world will gather together in St. Louis, Missouri, equal number laity, equal number clergy. Everybody equal vote. The bishops don't vote. They don't have a vote. They preside. But anyway, a representative body coming together to make a decision. Currently, our denomination um, says that we are not able to, I'm not able to perform same-sex marriage, and we don't ordain gays or lesbians. And this is what's on the table. And there are a lot of opinions around it. It makes my heart beat a little faster to talk about it. Because I know good people are anxious. And I know people seeking to be faithful are anxious. And that this might be a difficult conversation. And yet it's not a new conversation. Every mainline denomination's had it. We're bringing up the rear. And it's time. And I don't know what will happen. One of the realities of our church is that we're a global church. People read scripture differently in our denomination. We have different cultural experiences. Our eyes are, are see in different ways because of those cultural experiences. And we try to make scripture primary, but we don't read it in a vacuum. And so, so all of this is coming to the table. And all of this will be discussed. Now, it might not change, but it might. We're going to have a Harrison Church, you need to be commended as, by this. Harrison Church has been talking about this for a year, so hopefully it's not surprising to too many of you. We've had opportunities to come and to be educated about what's going on. We're going to have another one on February 4th, if you would like to be there. It's more polity and understanding how decisions are made. Pastor Kyle and I would love to talk to you, a group of you, individually, make an appointment. You know what's going on, or we want you to know and understand. But I can't have any conversation away from baptism 
And I don't think that anything defines us beyond what God has said at baptism. At the baptism of Christ. You all might not all be baptized, but at the baptism of Christ, God said, I value human life. All people are welcome. Wade into the water. Be a part of what I am doing. And I think, again, any conversation we have is fundamentally based on that. And we can't, that's just it. And I don't think we are defined by a denomination. I don't think we're defined by a vote. That's just an opinion. It it will maybe influence us, but that does not claim who we are in Jesus Christ. What claims who we are in Jesus Christ is his willingness to come and invite us to be part of changing the world and to be part of what he is doing and wants to do in and through us. And we are defined by how God's spirit moves and works in our lives, hands down, without a doubt, I can't even argue about that one. Fundamentally, that's the beginning and the end and everything in between is how God has claimed all of us, loves all of us. That's how we are defined. That's how we are identified. That's how we are compelled to live. Now, I think it's interesting, conversations that I've had around the church. I mean, one of the things that we keep coming back to is Harrison is Harrison. Harrison will still be Harrison. You are the people of God who've been gifted in very specific ways. You raise more than necessary for a family that's impoverished. You raise more than is necessary, although the need keeps coming. You give to loaves and fishes and make sure that people are fed. You embrace all people in any number of ways. That's what this church does. That's who you are. And so no matter what happens in the big world out there, this church is still this church. This congregation is still Harrison, and that matters. And it matters a lot. You know, when I first got here, I would do these Harrison reports or where I've seen God working during the week. I'm going to tell you where I've seen God working this last week. So this last week, the congregation, the church family, gathered to surround... The Hutchinsons, with love. As we mourned a loss and celebrated a homegoing, a resurrection of Diane. And there was enormous love and enormous presence and enormous support, not just in that service, but months and months before. That's who this congregation is. And I've seen it at other services like this. You carry one another's burdens. You share the burden of anyone in any circumstance at any time. It's an identifying mark of Harrison. But I want to share with you one of the things I saw that was a little different at this service. Ariel sang. I don't know if she's still in here. There she is. I got Ariel and I got Wallace's permission to share this with you. Ariel, Diane's granddaughter, sang. And it was a beautiful goodbye. Love upon love upon love. It was her way of telling her grandmother one more time how much she loved her. And as I listened to her voice, I want to tell you what else I saw. I saw a child who was confident enough to be vulnerable to the gathered body. That's huge. A child who knows that they are so loved. 
a child that knows that they are so welcome, that they are so embraced, that she is willing to stand up before God and everybody, I wouldn't do it, before God and everybody and sing about her love and sing that she knows that God's got this. His eye is on the sparrow and she will continue to be watched over and loved and embraced. She can do this because of who you are here. She has no doubt that your love has been and your love will be. And that is beautiful. That is Harrison. I've never seen that before. But it bears witness to the value of all life. It celebrates a life gone on, but it also celebrates a life here in our midst and who we are and how you are willing to operate in this world, valuing those in the good times and in the bad times, letting even the child, children among us know how endeared they are to God and to God's people. That's who this congregation is. And that's who we will be. Baptism says it all. And when we're faithful to those vows, when we're willing to bear the watermark of God, everybody knows it. And they can see it. And the kingdom of God is made manifest yet again. And again and again and every day after. Baptism is God valuing the beginning of life, the ending of life, and heaven help us every day in between. You are my beloved. You make me happy. May God help us to continue to be faithful. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your claim on our lives. We give you thanks for the love, the grace that you have given to us. We give you thanks, Lord, that we are known as your people. We are called Christian. And hands down, Lord, that is really all that matters. You value every part of our life, the beginning, the end, every day in between. You compel us by your Holy Spirit to bear witness to that love in this world. God, help us. God, help us to be faithful. For it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. Find all other podcasts, including archives from previous pastors, on iTunes and Google Play. You can also view the sermons on the web at harrisonchurch.org. And as always, to keep up with the latest Harrison happenings, you can visit us on Facebook or our website, again, harrisonchurch.org.